Hello, hello, everyone. This is Kenya, and welcome to our summer replay where we have selected five podcast episodes from the past um, several months, almost past, I guess, year almost, um, that were some of our top downloaded and listened to podcasts that we think are worth a replay. So we didn't want to just completely leave you. <laughs> for the summer, even though we're taking a little bit of a break and we will be back um, in September, that Monday after Labor Day. But in the meantime, we wanted to play um, once every couple weeks um, some of the top podcast episodes. And so first up for this week, uh, it was such an honor to bring this guest on on many, many levels. Um, One, because I'm a ridiculous fan. Um, But second, I think that musically what she um, has brought to the table is just so great. So let me tell you just a little bit about this episode. Um, In podcast episode number 62, uh, Gretchen Parlato was our guest. And Gretchen Parlato is a tremendously talented jazz vocalist. And um, she joined our, our episode, our podcast, to discuss her incredible music journey. Um, from being the winner of the Thelonious Monk International Jazz Vocalist Competition to working with Grammy Award-winning jazz recording artist Robert Glasper to winning numerous awards and being nominated for Grammy Awards herself, um, Gretchen provides in this episode engaging stories of how she found her voice as a singer and the village that allows her to balance her music career with her personal life of being a mom and a wife. As a listener, you will not only be impressed with Gretchen's music acumen and background, but you'll also really be intrigued with her accomplishments and humility um, as a as an independent artist. So, to learn more about Gretchen, you can always visit her website, GretchenParlato.com. Um, you can also follow her on her social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Gretchen Parlato. But in the meantime, please sit back and enjoy this episode, uh, which is an interview with the dynamic Gretchen Parlato. Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire-Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we are back. We are back, Dr. Smith. How are you? I'm doing great this lovely Thursday morning that we're recording this. Yeah, and uh, listeners, if you hear a lawnmower, I don't, you know what? As soon as we start, he just wanted my, my, my lawnmower guy wanted to be a part of our podcast today because it's so darn special. <laughs> exactly. Such a good one. Such a good one. All right. <laughs> anyway. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen regardless. <laughs> so what's shaking? What's happening? Well, um, I know you're very happy about today's podcast, but before we jump into that, Mm-hmm. We will get our music tip done. Mm-hmm. And the music tip that I have is an app called Avid Scorch. And mm. it is an app that you can use. I know it's on iPhone and I, I'm i pretty sure that it's on Android too. But I know it's on iPhone because my uh, colleague over at the university showed it to me um, this week. And what it does is that it 
basically imports your Sibelius compositions and makes them basic, you know, basically into a music sheet music thing that people can use on their phones or iPhones or whatever, their iPads. And it's the way it looks. It's like a, a Kindle app for your music. So it's like almost like a book thing that you could open, but you have so much flexibility. You can change the key, the tempo, you can make parts. It has a mixer. It's like, you know, tricked out basically. Uh, it's a beautiful app that for, for musicians to use while they're on stage. So wow. just a tip. Nice. You come yeah. up with like the best tips. This is why I always <laughs> assign it to you. Cause I would come in saying, Hey, there's this, new like <laughs> piano keyboard called Casio. Like, I mean, no, I would have really lame tips. So I'm really, really excited, but that sounds fantastic. Wonderful. Yep, so awesome. check that I out. I have to Avid look into Scorch. that myself. No, I have to look into that. Well, 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 yes. So I am, I, I'm trying to hold it together and not be too angry that a lawnmower is behind me. Cause I'm so excited about this interview. Um, before I bring her on, though, I and and she probably doesn't know all of this, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Um, I think that I first heard this artist's music. Um, it had to be had to be at least maybe maybe like seven or eight years ago. And I had a friend, a very dear friend. His name is Kevin Ingram. I'm gonna say his name because I know he's gonna be listening to this podcast. And he was like, I got something you need to hear. Like, I got something you need to hear. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because, you know, this was when I was just starting to get back into my own music career and so forth. And he gives me this song and I'm on the trail doing, you know, working out, walking, running, whatever. And I hear... And I'm like, I'm, I could sing the lyrics of the song, but I'm like, what song is this? This is crazy. I know this is a cover and I'm even saying the lyrics, but I don't, what is this? This is amazing. And it was Weak by SWV, originally by SWV, mm. but this artist covered it and killed it so bad. And I'm like, who is this? Who is this person? I have to know everything about her. And so since then, I, I'm an Uber fan, but I'm also just really, I, I think that in this day and age where, um, I don't know, sometimes I feel like we're lacking <laughs> talent and, and um, originality and, and simplicity all mixed together. Mm. And I think this artist does this so well. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan, but I, I want other people to hear more about her and her story and how she's even making it in this crazy music um, industry. So, Hello, Gretchen Parlato. How are you? Hi there. I'm great. <laughs> you just made my, my whole day with your story. That's cool. <laughs> yes, girl, come on now. I was like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Who is this? And then, you know, I had actually, I have been listening to Robert Glasper for years, really early in his career, yeah. um, since he was probably like 19. So I've been following Robert and... The moment my friend told me, oh, you know, Robert Glasper arranged this, did this arrangement. I'm like, ah, it's all coming together now. Right. And um, because, <laughs> yes, he's a beast in, in so many ways. And it's yeah. cool. And, and it's so cool for people to it's cool that you knew of his, his beast mode for forever, because <laughs> now I feel like everybody knows. But it's kind of like, yeah, this was even before he was a big deal. But yes. now he's a really big deal. So it was. Um, yes. It was a while ago, and it, so I think anything that he touches becomes 
that kind of gold. So I was really lucky to um, to have a, a friendship with him and, and work with him. And, um, but yeah, yeah, your reaction is exactly the one that I, I and we, we Robert, <laughs> hoped for was like in the arrangement of not even going to the chorus of the song till the end so that it takes the whole song for people right. maybe to not quite remember, oh yeah, and then you just go to the, the hook once and then it's done. So... Yes, that's cool. and that's that's what's like so brilliant about it. and 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 yeah, like you said, I mean Robert does that like that's his magic spot. I mean he can take a song and just do the mess out of it. It's just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, but you, you, and we're gonna bring Robert next time. <laughs> we're gonna oh, invite cool. Robert and ask how yeah. the heck do you do this? But um, but to you, I I I want you to be able to share. We always let the artists. I don't do whole long bios and all of that. I really like for artists to tell their own story and so there may be people out here who i know a a heck of a lot of people are going to know who you are who listen to our podcast but there's going to be many many more who and who who may not know so if you could just share who you are who how you would define yourself as an artist and how you how you've gotten to this point Mm, yeah um i was I always start by saying it it was I was kind of born into the the art world. I have um all kinds of of uh artists, specifically musicians in my family. Um so I, I just from birth it was known to me that to be an artist in any kind of genre is is an important um profession mm. and a necessary one. Um mm. so and I just could see firsthand from from my parents, from aunts and uncles and grandparents, just the joy that somebody can get, and and success measured not not just financially, but just with happiness, that, um, and just the necessity, right. you know, of, of of art in the world. Um, so I just happened to fall into it. I. I loved singing and um it was just nurtured from the very beginning in in uh at home and in school i went to an arts high school in los angeles la county high school for the arts then i went to ucla Mm -hmm. and studied ethnomusicology and jazz studies and then did the Thelonious monk institute and then my Mm -hmm. california days i thought let me see what new york is like and what that has in store so i moved to new york and i've been on on the east coast um i guess over 15 years and um made a bunch of albums and um and have got married and have a, a, a four and a half year old son. So I've taken a little bit of time yeah. lately just to kind of enjoy motherhood and mm-hmm. and um, yeah. But now I'm just I'm creating a new uh, project. It's kind of a in general it's kind of a Brazilian um, sound and and um, kind of honoring my love of, of that music. So. That will be recorded soon and, and released when we when we're ready. And um, it just feels good to kind of nice. dive back in after taking a little bit of a, a breather. Because mother, that, yeah. that those early years of parenthood—not just motherhood, but any kind of parenthood—is uh, is pretty special. It was just as special as music. And I mm-hmm. thought I can try to balance this, but I'm really going to mostly focus on the 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 nuances of of being a mom, and then. When music, I, I knew it would be there for me when I returned, mm. and I hoped that the that people, listeners would still be there for me too. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, well, girl, we're you... waiting. Don't worry about that. You <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> and we're going to talk about mommyhood in a moment, but go ahead, Will. I know you want to get it. Yeah, well, well, when you have, uh, and I know I'm uh, I'm not stepping on Kenya's toes, but she, you're like, like she talks about you all the time. Let me just put that out there. So she, <laughs> she, she's holding it back, but she's gushing right now. So, uh, but, but, I, but I'm going to, I'm going to take a little bit of time for my questions, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I actually saw that because um, my, my degree actually is in ethnomusicology as, as well. Oh. I have a, uh, uh, the PhD in ethnomusicology, so I went all the way. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so I, I was like, I was re- really interested in, in world music. And uh, and I saw that with some of the, the music that you did. Um, you covered uh, one of my my favorite Brazilian artists, uh, Javon. You covered Flor Jalis. Oh, yeah. And uh, that that's a beautiful rendition that you did I, I heard that so that's yeah I, I appreciate what you how you interpreted that thank you and um and I wanted to to ask you I guess about um how much has uh world music pretty much influenced uh what you do and, and how your your approach to uh to singing is mm. um I think it, it has very much I think I I was always um well, I guess going, it started as early as high school. I think I was always kind of drawn to um, uh, hearing music from different parts of the world, not just what they what we learned as you know Western music of from the mm-hmm. from America or from Europe. But um, it was having great teachers and having great opportunities. I think in high school there was um, actually he's a he's a great percussionist. He's plays. Uh, I know he plays a lot with like Ben Harper. His name is Leon Mobley and he taught a, mm. a West African um, percussion class in, at our high school. And it was something as, you know, as simple as that, a weekly class that you could sign up for as an elective. And it just opened the door for this love of being a part of an ensemble like that. And just learning about how the music relates to culture. And then the UCLA ethnomusicology department came to our, our school and did a, a demonstration. Mm. It was actually the Javanese ensemble that came in and, um, Mm. And I remember they called, they asked for volunteers and I raised my hand and got up and like joined them. And it was these, these little tiny moments when you're a teenager that really um, work as, as stepping stones, you know, to where you want to go. So I think it was just early uh, exposure to, to realizing that there's really interesting music out there. And there's as a singer, there's very interesting ways to, to learn to use your voice and, um, and just to kind of incorporate and I wanted to try to incorporate that into my music and always in an, in an honest way and in not an appropriation uh, way. And just in a way that I could still be myself, but work with musicians where that they could bring their honesty and their um, Mm -hmm. background and, and their knowledge. And we'd kind of make it more of a collaboration. So got, you know, maybe West African musicians or Brazilian musicians and kind of incorporated these different uh, textures and sounds and all, all the while just trying to find my own genuine honesty right, with right. my voice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's awesome. beautiful. Go ahead, Kenya. I, I know well, you're, you're chomping at the I, bit. Well, no, <laughs> because that, that kind of feeds so nicely into what, what one of the things I think, and, it, and we don't get a whole lot of singers, I think, on our podcast yet. Um, well, I think we've had a lot of, we've had a, a, a myriad of different types of people in the music industry, but I haven't had that many singers. And um, I'm a singer, and I think for singers, 
being able to find your voice, you know, and being able to figure out and feel comfortable because, you know, if you, while there is a style and a technique to playing um, an instrument, like, you know, whether it be saxophone or the keys or what have you, um, an E on a saxophone is a E is a E is a E. You know what I mean? Like, so if if Will plays E (laughs) or if somebody else plays E, it's an E. Now how he might style it or whatever is, you know, in terms of the actual arrangement or, you know, that's one thing. But for singers, your E is going to sound different than my E. <laughs> uh-huh. And so it, this whole process of, and I think what's really what's, what draws me to your music and to you as an artist, you know, I think that singers think they have to be so flamboyant and have to, you know, be so robust and yell and, you know, and do flips and yeah. cartwheels <laughs> with yeah. their voice. And there is this impeccable to me um, simplicity to your voice that, is so like it draws you in because of that and hearing what you just said as far as your exposure to the world music and and understanding it as a collaboration and that's what i hear in your music like it's very clear that you are you are trying to create a whole um it's not just about you you know Mm. what i mean like i think it, it feels like there's another thing going on there um for you how as as a singer, was that how was it finding your voice? Because singers struggle with this a lot. They feel like they should mock or, you know, I'm not good enough or I need to do something different. What was that process like for you? I I love this question. <laughs> I think it comes it comes <laughs> up all the time and there's always sometimes I think, oh I have I'll I'll do my stock answer and then something it branches into something else because you spark another thought for me. But just what you said, I think everybody as a singer goes through that learning to imitate. Well, we're imitating really. And that's what Mm -hmm. singing and speaking is. It's what you're just imitating what you're hearing back Mm -hmm. uh, what you're being taught. Um, And, you know, coming up, I I was singing in choirs and singing, you know, musical theater where you're a character and you have, you're supposed to sound a certain way. And even the key Mm -hmm. of the song is set, you know, in this, you you don't change anything. So I think, um, it's, it was kind of learning what my voice was capable of doing. Um, it -hmm. was with imitation. I very specifically remember like being home, um, trying to belt out and imitate like pairing like Whitney Houston or like, like some, like even, you know, I remember being like when beach that movie beaches came out and like Bette Midler had that mm-hmm. song, the right. wind beneath my wings or something, something like really big and dramatic. But specifically mm-hmm. I remember like with Whitney Houston trying to sing along with that and realizing like, I cannot do that. <laughs> with, mm-hmm. And most everybody would say that, you know, in a great way but it was like wow my voice was not made to, to belt out and to sing like that or mm-hmm. I would really have to learn how to do this so I think it was I remember these moments realizing like what actually sounds good for me to sing and I would record myself all the time on a little cassette and you know hearing your voice mm-hmm. back and is is helpful but realizing what I was what I was capable of and where I could kind of learn and and challenge myself but really knowing um knowing your own honesty I think that's that's where it comes if Mm -hmm. if I could sing a different way I would but this is Mm -hmm. I'm coming from a much more um intimate kind of simple place and Mm -hmm. to me I was like how can I make this work how can I honor this and 
still, again, still challenge myself to, to, to dig deeper in the emotional level, but it doesn't necessarily have to be loud. So it could be, it's just as powerful if you see, you know, if somebody whispers something to you in an intimate moment yes. as it is, if they're yelling mm-hmm. in your face, you know? Um, yeah. So it was kind yes. of like that. It was like, well, how can I actually flip this and twist it? But I had plenty of, <laughs> of, you know, friends or, or even teachers or critics that, that have not, or maybe still will or never will, um, like what I do or think that it's good Mm. enough, you know, and maybe we all have these kind of people, um, whatever our choice in life is of just people that just don't really agree. And that's life. And that's just a part of Mm -hmm. (laughs) dealing, but yeah, it's kind of, what do you have Mm -hmm. to offer? What's the honest, most genuine, pure way that you can express yourself and how can you make, turn that into something that's really powerful, you know, and maybe even redefine Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and that and and I've I heard that because um, I've you know I've heard uh, some of your the, the singing that you've done with um, what was the song? It was I did hear the weak weak version, and then I heard um, all that I can say and a couple other tracks. But yeah, uh, the way you 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 blended with uh, with Kendrick and uh, and a couple and the other guys, and just basically uh, it sounds like a Miles Davis approach mm-hmm. uh, where you're creating space. And allowing the musicians mm-hmm. musicians to do what they do, um, but but I I want to ask because uh, because it's basically you've established your own style at this point, and but before when you were coming up, you hadn't established it yet mm-hmm. in terms of people knowing you that that's and 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 bringing you on and, and collaborating and doing all that stuff, and so and and even in the Thelonious Monk competition, mm-hmm. so. So I, I guess I want to take that sort of snapshot in, in time and look at that Thelonious Monk competition and how did you hold your ground in in that environment where it's like the whole point is competitive yeah. <laughs> and you got Quincy Jones and you got all these people, you know, quote unquote, judging you on <laughs> on right. your performance mm-hmm. and and you're not doing the Whitney Houston and you're not doing you're you're doing you and how how did you hold your ground in that? Um, and then, you know, and then also after that, what was the feeling like after you, you actually mm. got through it? Oh yeah. I, th- those, that was an amazing, like you said, snapshot. Um, you know, I just, I, I always just figured this is all I can do, you know? So I'm just going to, mm. I'm going to try to, you know, participate in this competition and, and just, be myself. And I, um, I don't know, I guess that comes from your upbringing. It comes from, um, Mm -hmm. something, you know, that's kind of built up from, uh, a childhood into, you know, adolescent. And then I was in my twenties then. So it was like, okay, let's, um, all I can do is I've studied hard. I've, I've worked, I've been, I've been in school forever. (laughs) So I, and I, I know, I know that I can only be, I can only do, what I do. And, um, it's the sim- silly, simple thing, but that's really what, what happened. But again, it's a competition. So you're right. There was all different right. kinds of energies there and all, all kinds of performers. And, um, I think, you know, the first thing I, I think of is, is I think they take into consideration your quote performance, but it's not the only thing that you're being, um, 
marked judged, judged on. on. Yeah. So I think yeah. um, if it was just like how well, what do you look like and how are you moving around on stage and are you engaging in this way? I probably wouldn't get a very high marking, <laughs> but I think that mm-hmm. that was considered, but it also was about your musicianship and, um, and your, right. you know, all these, you know, your, uh, all kinds of technical and kind of, spiritual emotional um aspects of what you do as an artist so um yeah i think it was i i'm just lucky that there was conversations i'm sure among the judges of like how do we how do we put these four finalists in order of you know winner and um (laughs) and these different places it's a funny thing to be judged like that in art but again but it also exists and I'm, i'm glad i did it but i think it probably, I think it was someone like Quincy Jones who came, who was one of the judges that was, mm-hmm. um, I remember hearing that he, he was part of his, his, uh, his words were Come. that I was a, yeah. I was a musician singer. I think he said something like that. Mm-hmm. So right. I'll, I'll appreciate right. that where it's like, I yeah. think he could, he could hear that. And, um, yeah. you know, I, to me though it's not there isn't a best you know there's just opinions and there's just right. um but i am it was a wonderful experience and of course it's great to participate in and it definitely gives you um some visibility and kind of lets uh, people kind of listen and lean in a little bit more than they might have before maybe they wouldn't have at all right, right. <laughs> so it was a, it was a, it was an amazing experience and it really definitely le- le- another stepping stone that led to recording an album and just kind of getting recognition from Herbie Hancock and Wayne Shorter and, you know, getting their, <laughs> yeah. their pat on the back, so to speak. Yeah. Awesome. That's, yeah. There's so much Lord. I got 28 questions. Okay. I'm, I'm going to narrow them down. <laughs> I'm narrowing them down. But yeah. I, I think when you just said you're a musician singer, yep. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Your music is, I mean, it's so funny. I I'm in Chicago and so, I know my band is going to freak out because I haven't told anyone that we were going to do this interview because I was like, Mm-mm, no, no, no. They're going to because they're going to tease me and whatever, because they know how much I love your music. But oh, we cool. all sit down and like analyze like, I mean, you know, I've performed week because it's so freaking fun because it's a challenge. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a challenge to stay simple for me as a singer and for the band to just go and then still have space and still I mean, it is it is it's like um I don't know. It's like a fun maze, you know, oh, going yeah. through your, your stuff. <laughs> That's cool. I know it is, um, it's like an opposite kind of twist of like how, how simple can you actually make this melody instead of going reverting yes. to like the runs that we've heard a lot and yes. you know yeah and yes. that's like how you can make it your own. It's like you simplify it and then you add whatever ornaments you add are your own. That's my right. goal. Right. Right. And you do it. I mean, and so, so yeah, so that I, I think when you said musician singer, that's you, de- you definitely are that. Well, I, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit and you kind of brought this up and I want to bring this up because we have a lot of artists who are listening to this podcast. Usually every week we're trying to give them tips and skills, how to navigate, you know, this whole music industry and the industry is changing so quick and A, B, C, D, E, F, G. There's just so much to it. Um, we rarely get to talk though about, balancing family life and this thing called music, which I'm a mom as well. I have two boys Mm -hmm. and, um, 
you know, for me, I, I got back, I had, I did music growing up much kind of like you were describing it, but then I stopped because I didn't grow up. My, my father was a drummer. He never went pro. So I don't think, I think it was really brilliant that you grew up in understanding that art is important and that it's valued and that it is, it can, it absolutely is a career and it's something that you can do. And I didn't really have that understanding mm. um, growing up. So I took a pause and, you know, cause I didn't think that was real work to do something that was so fun, (laughs) you know, for me, like music. Um, And so I got back into music later and I I didn't get back into music until after I had my second child, which, you know, in in itself was like, you're going to do what, Kenya? But I knew for me, actually having the second child pushed me even more to make sure I lived as authentically as possible. Like it was just this, it was a huge wake up call for me having children Mm -hmm. that I better, you know, I have this awesome responsibility, but I've got to be honest to me because they are literally holding on to, Mm -hmm. you know, my actions and my energies. And if I'm not doing me there, you know, they, they hear my words, but they hear or they feel my energy. So for you and, and those listeners who are trying to balance, you know, their family life and trying to do music and it's a tough thing, how have you been able to do that? Or are you even doing that? <laughs> What's your take? What's your take on that? I know it's always, it's a, I think every day if you, you're, we're still figuring out, figuring it out. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in my, my case, it's, uh, I'm my, I'm married to a musician as well. So my husband, Mark Juliana, he's a drummer. Mm-hmm. So we're awesome. both active. Yeah. So we're, we're both, um, we're both active uh, musicians that have basically the same kind of lifestyle where when you're working, you're traveling. And when you're home, you're really just home. Um, It's not a nine to five thing. So um, I think, you know, our, our son is four and a half. So it's, we've really thus far just kind of taken turns um, being, uh, being away on a tour, but I really, I've only taken a few, um, a year. And when I have gone away, I've brought my, my son with me. So he's basically, mm. except for maybe one, well, one time in South Korea, South Korea, I went, um, by myself, mm. um, and in four and a half years, <laughs> maybe two times I, I actually <laughs> went alone and kind of came back. So he's been with, with me all, all this whole time. So, um, mm that is the balance. The balance is, is just, okay, what do we need for, for us to be together? It's going to be great. But then what do we, what do we need so that, um, I can be a mom and then also go to soundcheck and get, put makeup on and do the gig. And then, (laughs) you know, so my, either Mark has come with me if he's not working or my mom has been a a wonderful help as kind of, um, a caretaker. So you just, you end up traveling with one person, one other person, or actually sometimes Mm. we've, gone as a family and, and both been on stage and my manager, Karen, who's wonderful and very nurturing and, and motherly, will just hang out with our son, you know, backstage for that mm. time. And so you, you know, you, mm-hmm. you figure it out, but I think as you know, once you become uh, a mother, you're, you're, it's, you're not thinking of yourself as number one all the time, or mm-hmm. you, you everyone might be individual of how much of a percentage they're actually putting themselves first. I think you, you really yeah. get caught up with, um, making sure that your children are, are okay. And, um, so that was, that's always a priority is like, is he good? Okay. He's good. I can go do my thing now. And then, right. um, and I, I did want him to, 
to see uh, both of us as, as parents, to see us as artists, to know um, that that's a part of our lives and it's a passion is what we do that being said he doesn't enjoy my singing i hope that someday he will but he <laughs> he does not <laughs> want me to sing that's hilarious i know i mean he he get i can i can <laughs> i can see how on the state as a performer he doesn't like that the attention that i can't i can't yeah. be a mom so it takes me away from him the right. role as a mom but even yeah. at you know at home at bedtime it's kind of in under his conditions. I can sing stuff that he wants to sing together. And if it's a real playful moment, but if it's like bedtime, I'll say, can I sing you something? And he's like, no, thanks. And he's like, he doesn't, he does, he's not into it. So I, I get really yeah. deep about it and think like, maybe he's just so emotionally connected that it's just too heavy for him and he can't take it yet. But I, he just, he doesn't, he doesn't. Us children. Yeah. That's what they do. I mean, they, I, for me, they just present the actual reality of Right. Like they really, <laughs> they really do. They just don't make it, you know, that deep. Yeah. I, my boys do it constantly. Yeah. You know, they constantly are like, yeah, and, and I'm like, yeah, and I like, know. you know, I, I just, we just did, I just did this event where MC Light was featured and I'm trying to explain to my teenager, cause I have teenagers. So I'm trying to explain to my teenage son, like, this is MC Light. And he's like, yeah, but it's not, you know, Migos. It's not Drake. It's not. I'm like, well, oh my God. I said, you know, we're not even going to do this. Like, So he doesn't see the impact of mommy doing this event with, you know, it's really not a big deal at all to him. And it's, you know, it's, it is a very, but it, it helps to me keep you pretty grounded. Uh, exactly. Pretty quick. I and... know. I know. It's, it's. Yeah, yeah, it's a and it, and it gives you, you keep, you have a good sense of humor for sure. That's, we need that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I yeah. think you pointed um, out the whole notion of of, of village, you know, and so yeah. listeners, I, I think it's very important when you are trying to balance these multiple things and, and trying to be successful in your music career that you understand you cannot do this alone. Like this is yet another moment of you have to have help. You have to have, you know, it doesn't have to be the masses per se, but you need to have people on your team that are, you know, stepping in when need be um, and, and helping you know, guy, and that's any parent. I mean, what right, I don't right. care what job you do, yeah. <laughs> whatever you do, you've got to you got to have that village. Definitely. I'm, I want to real quick at, um, before because I know we're running low on yeah. time. I want to yeah. um, bring in uh, the conversation because about signing to a label, mm-hmm. and uh, you you sign with uh, Oblique Sound, and um, what? H- how does that? Uh, I know you can't go into details about the the agreement, whatever, but how, um, what, uh, what made you comfortable in signing the deal and giving over pretty much your, your independent status and, and also, uh, how, how does that, um, uh, how, how, how is the business structured? How is your personal, I guess, business structured in, in, when you align yourself with a label like that? Mm. Yeah, I think I've always considered myself, um, an independent, uh, well, that label, it, it actually is not, uh, active anymore. I, I think they, um, oh, okay. yeah. So I, it's, and that's the only label I've been on. Otherwise it was just, you know, independent. And even now can 
thinking of putting out another uh, record. I don't, I'm not on a label. So it's, it's, it's a conversation okay. to have of like, should I just do it myself? Should we shop it mm. around? So I think as an artist, it's um, luckily nowadays you can do a lot independently, um, but I've never been on a major label. So my story is really mm. just, maybe it's the village, you know, again, of like, I have, a <laughs> right. you know, you get, you get people that you, you hire manager, you hire, um, booking agent in States, booking agents, you know, world, worldwide, um, publicists are, can do wonders and that's, that might be yeah. independent from the label. Um, and you know, to me, I, I, I just care a lot about every little detail of, of putting an album out, whether it's, it's, obviously the music and um but also visually you know i i care about what the font choice is and i care about the art mm -hmm. the design the layout so mm -hmm. working with oblique sound was it was great because i um we could kind of work together and um it was a label that could you know help support but it also i i i didn't just give away all of my artistic license you know? so yeah. that that's my short yeah. story of it so even in the future i'm not even I'm not sure when we release the album, I would hope sometime next year, if it will be you know, independently released or on the label. I think, like I said, it's all possible, um, but maybe it's just hiring the people to do what they know how to do best. If you don't know how to do it yourself. Right. Yes. Right. Yes, yes, yes. That's yet again another artist saying, <laughs> get your team. Yeah. Oh, my yep. gosh. Get your team. And you're right. Karen has been wonderful. She's, you know, she was actually responsible for making sure that this interview happened um, today. So I have to give her a big thank you. Yep. And Thanks, Karen. we should all yeah. want to have, yeah, a Karen on I our know. team. You know, that's really looking... <laughs> It's oh, really looking out for us because yeah. that's that's you know it's it's really important and to try to do it all by yourself is you know it's just not it's not going to work it's you're going to be very non-productive yeah so. and then you can it allows you as an artist to just focus on the art and it, it's a very yes. freeing feeling yeah 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 wow well we are getting to the end you, yes this is this has been <laughs> You know, I mean, it's so quick. I feel like, um, like my wedding day felt really fast. Like I barely remember it. Oh, yeah. Like I really, seriously, it was, it wasn't until I watched see, the video see, that Gretchen, I was like, that happened. Huh? You, you, you've reached the status where she remembers the interview with you, like her wedding day. I no, 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 I'm, I'm <laughs> no, what, no, what I was saying though is how quickly I know what we you're saying. Are, I'm just messing don't, with don't you. Don't tease me, Will. He's giving me a hard time. No, I remember. We're all married on this. I didn't, I remember, uh, I didn't even eat on, at our wedding. I remember realizing at the right. end of the night, wow. I didn't even eat anything. All of the great food that we <laughs> chose, I didn't try any of it. I know. Right. Well, that's a good thing. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, that's how this has felt. It's like, it's been so cool. You're so in the moment that you're like, oh my God, it's done. So yeah. before we leave, if we could just, if you could just share um, how people can follow you, website, um, I'm so excited you have a Brazilian. I love Brazilian music. So the, the fact that you're working on that project, oh God, yeah, it's going to be, <laughs> it's oh, on yeah. now. I'm really <laughs> going to be a fan. But anyway, um, if you could just share your social media and how people can keep in touch. Yeah. Um, 
Well, if you just put, put, put my name, uh, GretchenParlato.com, we've had a website since, literally since the beginning of, t of websites, because my, <laughs> the village, mm -hmm. my mother is a, is a web designer. So um, oh, that's, nice. that's most, that's where the most information would still be. Um, but you can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram, if you just my name. Um, I haven't branched out into any other social media if there <laughs> is one. Um, but yeah, mostly those, those places you can uh, see what I'm doing. But as far as music and, and the business aspect, I would say my website is the most professional. The other pages are a little more um, casual. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you have never listened to Gretchen's music, okay, now it, you, you must sit down and don't just like rush and go through a little quick Spotify. Let me just check. No, no, no. <laughs> go to her website, like really and sit down because she really, we have mostly artists listen to this and I totally agree. She's totally a musician's musician. Um, and then on top, so then she's just real candy for the rest of the world. So definitely tune in and listen to her music. Um, of course, download, purchase, do all that great stuff. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you very much awesome. for having me. This is a pleasure. Oh, absolutely. Oh, no absolutely. It's, it's, it's been pleasure. an honor, an absolute honor. And I, you know, just I'm sending you the best because you definitely I have a whole community of people who love your music. So just take your time. We'll be here. We'll oh. be we'll wait. Well, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking quite a bit of time. So now I'm I'm we will I'll keep you guys up to date, but be on the lookout okay. for something Please that do. not to Please do. Excellent. Okay. All right, Will. All right. Until next that's, time. That's it. That's Until it. Until next time. Okay. All right. All right. See y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, and we hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. Please leave us a comment on our page. If you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at info at creatingcrimson.com or drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbizbiz.com. If you would like to schedule a consultation session with Creating Crimson, you can fill out the contact form at the bottom of the website at creatingcrimson.com. If you would like registration services for your music project, you can visit makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com and go to the registration services page. Please fill out the contact form and we will get back with you promptly. If you are interested in advertising on our podcast, please send us an email at drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com.